The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Why don't you do the intro, Tim? Okay. What's up? That's not the intro, man. You know that we have an intro. We have debated whether... Hello and welcome to to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm the reason you're here, producer (laughs) Tim. Yet you are neither of those people. Yeah, well, you know. It's like when Prince was a symbol. My symbol is just yeah. the ampersand. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess. That's, that's, I like that. Or the period at the end, maybe. It's maybe a slightly less important thing. <laughs> um, nice cracking of a beer. I'm also, I also have a beer. Alex, what's in your cup? Looks like a <laughs> bourbon and Diet Coke. It's uh, blueberry vodka and blueberry Red Bull. Oh that my was, god. That was that not a, at all what I was expecting. No, I would not have landed on either of those ingredients. And here we are. Mix it. Did, I did you get it from that from that uh, inspiration? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I it like looked a little cocktails. I thought it looked a little purple, but I was like, maybe it's just the camera. So Alex found this uh, this guy on Instagram that just mixes together these crazy liquors and these bizarre like mix like sodas and pops and stuff. And he comes up with some weird combos. We've tried a couple of them. And evidently, he's landed on what he likes: blueberry vodka and blueberry Red Bull. No, I've well, tried. I mean, I've tried a lot. It's funny because now my liquor cabinet is full of these random ass liquors. Um, and now I special order certain sodas. Like, I ordered the special edition dark berry Dr Pepper, and it comes in a zero flavor. So this has been my new like off season pet project. I have a list of sodas that I am looking for at random gas stations, targets, and to what <laughs> have you across the country. Um, for for so reference, last year you learned how to fly. So this is right. the year before like he learned down. he learned how to balance his pH in his pool. So he's, <laughs> he's got a very eclectic uh, uh, list of hobbies, which is Anyways, pretty good. If you, if you guys are interested, you can follow my my buddy. Um, I don't know his name. Never met him. Probably <laughs> not my buddy. But his his handle is at Club Dirty, which I like. <laughs> at Club Dirty. All right. Well, I'm in town so tomorrow. Okay. Can I try some of these? Oh, dude, come on over. All right, I'll be there tomorrow Do, night. Yeah. You know what's funny? I literally had a blueberry Red Bull on the weekend, and I've not had a Red Bull in 15 years. Well, if you thought that was good, put some blueberry, Western Sun, blueberry vodka in it. <laughs> That's the hot ticket. Didn't we, wait, didn't we, didn't we like 
fall on something that we said we wanted to send to him because it was really good when we were messing around one day. I know Probably. we tried a few of his, but then there was one that we, I forget what we mixed together, but we were like, oh, again, this was probably a few drinks in. Yeah, you can't really but, trust your taste after that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, it doesn't matter. I forget all of the ingredients. So One of my favorites was, <clears throat> and it's like a, it's an adult root beer float. So it's shot of vodka, or an ounce of vodka, two ounces of rum chata topped with root beer. And it's, it is an adult root beer float like it's the most phenomenal thing i've ever had i made the mistake when i discovered it of pouring a second one you can only drink the one like yeah, anything with yeah. a cream liqueur is pretty pretty tough yeah. to drink number two unless you're tim yeah. and you just house white russians all night i haven't done that in years down to do it tomorrow though i was gonna say <laughs> we should probably change that oh man there was a bar. Uh, well, there was a bar in Prague called the Big Lebowski's. And oh, anyways, James, you have I to drink a white Russian. Yeah, well, their whole <laughs> thing was they didn't have prices. You just paid what you thought was fair. So right. of course you'd get a white Russian. It was just funny to see how much more expensive your drinks went as the night went on. Yeah, you just thought it was yeah. fairer and fairer to pay more money. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like there's a I, I, there's more than one of them, but there's these bars where they have like different beers on tap, and there's like a it's like a stock market thing, and so the prices of a given beer I goes up that. and down, and as more people buy it, the price goes up, and then sometimes there's like a stock market crash, and all the beers just like a dollar or something. That's cool. I like when you find a way to make just randomly drinking at a bar on a Thursday seem like more of a game and not just a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Alex, how was your weekend? Would you? Oh, well, yeah. What'd you do? You did a little, you did a little trip. You did a little traveling. Um. Yeah, I went to. Uh, I went I was to Mexico. Cabo. It was fantastic. I loved every second of it. So, um, I will definitely be back to Cabo San Jose or San Jose del Cabo or Cabo whatever. Started looking at real cat. estate. Um, you look at I, real estate every time we go on a trip somewhere. You like get you're like, oh, this place is really cool. You start looking at things in the area. Mark my words, James. I will have a Mexican home here in the future. So what's funny okay. is I I do the same thing, but it's a very different kind of looking at real estate. <laughs> like yeah. for me, it's looking at it's like, oh, wouldn't that be hilarious if I could afford that? And for Alex, like, oh yeah, I could actually buy a home here. <laughs> or, or is it you're just looking at a very different type of real estate? <laughs> oh, no, no. Still looking at the same houses. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Anyways, guys, we don't need to talk about it. was great. We had a great time. Thank you to our hosts for having us. It was a wonderful little trip. Um, it's funny. It's funny because you, you – vacations can kind of go one of two ways. And more often than not, especially when I'm going on vacations with friends – I come home needing a vacation. Like I'm in right. worse shape after that than when I yes. arrived. Um, this was a, a one of the most balanced trips I've ever had. Like we had a little bit of fun. We slept a lot. We read. We had naps. We walked on beaches. We went to nice dinners. We did art galleries. Like it was just, it was perfect. Everything was great. So It was relaxing. Um, I, I mean, I could have been there for another week. Um, but Nonetheless, American Airlines tried to keep me there for at least another night, but I beat them. Uh, so it was it was funny because my connection was through Austin. I didn't think anything of it um, at the time when I booked this in August because 
why would you? But I was flying through Austin on my way home, which was supposed to be yesterday. And uh, that was all fine and well. So Monday, uh, sorry. So that was all fine and well. Ends up flight gets delayed out of Mexico. So you're going to miss connections. So stayed the night in Austin, no problem. I was not expecting this morning to go to the Austin airport and have to interact with people. But it was the but end of the weekend. was in town, and so people recognized you. <laughs> and, well, everyone was either going back to Europe because they wanted to have an extra day in Austin on Monday and was on a cheaper flight, or they were heading down to Mexico City. And so I showed up there just in my state with Kelly and was just happy to, to be and to go home, and then I just had to talk to people. And mm. that was... Mm. Yeah. So, so it wasn't even just like fans and stuff. It was like people you knew from like the people, F1 people. world. Which, yeah. Some of that was nice because it was like. I like that you clarify that, that, that not fans are people people. <laughs> it's more to say that fans <laughs> are not people people. They're just yeah. people. <laughs> um, but here's a, here's a hilarious Alex situation. Alex Rossi considers his fans a subclass of people. I. I didn't say that. James did. Of all people, I the, didn't mayor, say that. the mayor of it. No, you I didn't said say You said they were people you people. You said they were people people because they're people you knew. I never said that. I'm going to well, replay it right back because you 100% yeah. said that. It was like people people. But anyway, carry on with your story. I did not say that. Tim, make you sure you let us know. You 100% said that. I'm going yeah. to put it in. I'm going to yes. play it again. Right here. I'm going to again. I've already it, done it. I'm going to do it again right here. It was like people people. <laughs> anyway, you caught up with some people, people. <laughs> so here's the thing. We we landed in Austin, and this was just this was just a hilarious situation. So we landed in Austin. The flight's already three hours delayed from when it was supposed to be or two and a half hours late. Fine. Not a big deal. It's like seven o'clock at night. Land and we're taxiing to the gate and the plane stops. Okay. Usual type situation, gates occupied. Well, like five to eight minutes goes on and, and the captain comes on the PA and, and he's kind of like hesitating in like what he's saying. And so he goes on with, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't really know how to say this, um, but the previous airline actually screw that exact words, actually screw that Virgin Atlantic was here in the gate before us and they pushed the plane back and the plane has departed yet they left their tugger in the middle of the ramp and we have no control or ability to move that tugger and we can't get a hold of anyone to move that tugger so we're going to be waiting until we can resolve that another 15 minutes goes by well ladies and gentlemen we still haven't been able to get a hold of anyone from Virgin Atlantic um so we're, we're, we're just giving you an update. We're still waiting. <laughs> okay. 10 minutes goes by. He said, all right. Well, and then this time we've kind of, we've accelerated and, and like, and we ended up just doing circles. And he comes on and he's like, well, we've got the tugger moved, but behind the tugger is apparently a baggage trolley and a bunch of other, like three or four pieces of equipment. And we can get the plane in now, but we can't actually move the jet bridge to the plane because the equipment oh is in the way. Oh, my God. And, okay. So, five minutes goes by. Another update. We're like 35, 40 minutes now. Another update. Um, still haven't been able to get a hold of anyone. Uh, and so, people, passengers are like, well, let's 
like starts screaming, go to another gate. And almost as if he heard it, he was like, and we can't go to another gate because they're all full. And he said this in 37 years of flying, I've never experienced anything like it. It's almost as if they grew up being able to leave their toys out, which was, I mean, he was trying to have a sense of humor. Right. 20 minutes later. So a total of sitting there for an hour, the rest of the people from Virgin apparently got off their break or came back to the airport or did whatever and just put their away. It's as if they thought they own the airport. Like, I can't even imagine how that happened to where you just park and walk off. That's very bizarre. I've never heard of anything like that. So that was, that was, that was my travel. That's always fun. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. Well, my delay seems less interesting now. I was going to say, we should open with your travel story, Tim. (laughs) I should be on a plane right now. Um, I drove or Ubered down to the airport. And we started to board. It was a pretty normal one, but uh, I was flying out of the Tom Bradley, which is the international terminal, which is weird because I'm it was a domestic flight. But uh, halfway through boarding, they just stopped, made everybody get off the plane. And they came on the announcement. And they said, well, we found a carry-on from somebody in the arriving flight. And since it was an international flight, we have to get everybody and all the bags off while customs comes to retrieve the bag because it was international arrival and that's a big no-no. So that takes like 30 minutes. It's whatever. I'm still going to make my connection to Minneapolis. We start to board again. They stop, get everybody off the plane again. And they say, well, we figured out there's a problem with the boarding door. It's not a problem that's going to prevent us from flying, but we have to get a waiver and the waiver has to come in and that takes about an hour. So we're going to delay another hour to get this waiver to fly. So it's like, we have a maintenance problem. We're not going to fix it. We're still going to fly exactly as is, but we got to wait another hour before we're allowed to do it. Yeah, uh, that's but, weird. I I mean, normally if there's any kind of mechanical issue, they will not fly. And especially if it's to do with the door. You yeah, think and that was kind of what I was sure. thinking. I was already like, well, I'm going to miss my connection. And I'd like to fly on a plane that's that has a door that closes. So right. <laughs> like... I just rebooked for tomorrow and uh, came back home. So what was funny is Liz was in town. So I drove her to LAX yesterday. So then I <laughs> Ubered to LAX today and I'm going back to LAX tomorrow. <laughs> Safe to say first time you've had to go to LAX three days in a row. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a very, very terrible stat to have. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry to tell you guys all my travel this week. It was, was seamless. It was, Pretty yeah, let's let's hear about your weekend, Mister. Yeah, F1. so I, yeah, was was at the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin uh, for F1 TV and had an absolute blast. Met uh, a lot of awesome people on the production side of things. Um, F1 apparently is quite popular among um, humans. There were a lot of them there. Yeah, they said uh, they had a total total of four hundred forty thousand people over the weekend. Right, which is which, a little misleading because that there's some people that came multiple days and they would be James. Do you think Formula One is good at social media? Uh, yeah, no, I do, Alex. I think they have a very, very good strategy. Um, but yes, no, lots of people, lots of social media. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's 440 over the weekend. So yes, it is somewhat misleading. It wasn't 440 thousand individual people, 
but 440,000 bodies over three days walked through the turnstiles, which is, it made it, made it the, this is what's crazy. I had no idea, and I never would have thought this was going to happen in the United States of all places. That makes it the most attended um, Formula One weekend in history, which is wild, because you see crowds at places like Monza and Silverstone and stuff like that, and you would assume that over the weekend they had more people, but good old, good old Coda, man. Pulled off that the is, most, uh, that is that is in so upsetting. That right? is so like Suzuka. That makes Bronza, me that makes me so upset, James, for a, a a myriad of reasons that I cannot get into on this podcast. Oh, okay, because I was about but, to ask you, what are they? I mean, that's no, great. Sorry, no, honestly, no. honestly, putting my anger aside because it's it's really <laughs> up. Um. It's amazing that there's that many. It's it's refreshing. Actually, here's the thing. Sorry, a lot of thought process here. I am relieved that there is enough of a fan base and enough of, of the population that is interested in cars enough. Austin's a cool city. Don't get me wrong. Austin is not Las Vegas. Austin is not Miami. Austin's New not York. New York. Right. Right. So... Yeah, people, some of those people might be going because like, oh, hey, Austin's a cool city. I'd also like to go and party in the city or check out in the city or hang out in the city. But it's not the same draw that Vegas is going to have. Let's use that as a comparison. So let me finish this thought by saying it is so refreshing that there are that many people that are interested in racing and motorsports and cars still. Yes, What's even more amazing is that many people are interested and willing to spend the money it takes to go to a Formula One race. It cannot be understated. Sorry, it cannot be overstated. I always do that. It cannot be overstated how expensive it is to go to a Formula One race between hotels, tickets, the stuff at the track, the merchandise. Like the baseball hats are $95. Like that's not normal. This should not be a thing. And they're sold out everywhere. And there's pop-up stores in every of the major hotels. There's the stores all over the track. There's, they sell so much merchandise. They sell out of it. And it's wild. Like part of what F1 does, every hotel has these little pop-up stores that have like clothing from three or four teams kind of thing. It's wild, man. And so like it was – the thing is like it's, it was a sellout crowd. You couldn't get a ticket. It was hard to even get like passes. I mean Connor was saying – you know, we, we saw in our group like – he was struggling to get a pass. He's, he's, an, he's an active current IndyCar driver that has personal relationships with many of the drivers and a relationship with a team that he used to be a reserve driver for. And he it was struggling to get it because they were just sold out. It's just one of the most popular events on the calendar. Um, yeah, and it's, and, you know, Miami was a sellout. This was a sellout. Next year, Vegas is also going to be a sellout, I assume. Well, I mean, on, Netflix yeah. is neat. No, I mean, great. Honestly, great. But also, no. And And I think that you know, to a certain extent, we've all justified and, and I think there's some truth to the justification, but it's still a justification. We've all come up with this concept that, Hey, young, young kids aren't that interested in cars. You know, kids would rather be on their phones than put them down for 40 minutes to go drive somewhere. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, you know, with right. the, with the accessibility there is to rideshare services and all of these things, there's other forms of transportation. But we have pinned kind of our struggles in terms of, you know, exponential growth. Not to say IndyCar is not growing. IndyCar is on a fantastic track. The teams are healthier than they've ever been. A lot of, 
TV numbers in terms of, of what, we're, what we're seeing with NBC. Very, very good. Everything in IndyCar world is doing just fine. But in terms of the exponential growth that you would expect to, to or not expect to, but you would hope to see at least to, to somewhat mirror F1, we've kind of pinned on the fact that, you know, the younger generation just isn't that interested in cars. And I think that obviously Formula One, we've talked about this before, has benefited massively from a consumer oriented entertainment based television show, right? Like that's, there's no denying that. But the point is, it seems that there are still enough people. Austin wasn't that good of a race. I didn't that's what I was going to ask. I didn't, I didn't even, even watch run. it. And it wasn't that good of a race. Or was it, James? I'm it sure actually, it's it sounded better, interesting if you yeah, watch it's, with it's, F1 it's TV. Better, it's better than you think because, yeah, fine. Max won from second. Doesn't sound exciting. Um, he did well, have... I, t- I turned it off after uh, the guy put $400 on the win. Carlos Sainz got dumped. In, in the first corner. Like, I'm done. Bye. No, so so Max was leading by a mile and then had like a 12-second pit stop because a wheel gun failed and fell back and then had to catch. He passed Hamilton like two laps to go. Oh. And then there was a bunch of battles in the bottom of the top 10 that were like guys that don't always get points. And there was some last lap battle like Magnuson and Vettel had a really good last lap battle. Um, I hear Alonzo got done dirty by the officiating. Yeah, Al- Alonzo launched his car in the air in a crash that should have absolutely totaled a Formula One car. Came in, replaced his wing, went back to last, drove back through the entire like half, like three quarters of the field, ended up like sixth or something, and then got DQ'd on a tech thing. But like, that was a wild thing to watch. Anyway. All right. So, so okay. So, great. Fine. It, it was, was good. Okay, race. Race. I guess yes, it was good. The, yeah. the point that I'm making is if we as IndyCar teams, drivers, and a series do our jobs correctly, there is a market for people and new fans to be interested in the sport. And I think that that is a very positive thing for us to take away from the success that Formula One is having in the States. Okay. That was. Can I, can I offer a slightly different spin on the same thing. So you are, you are looking at it as you are relieved to see that enough people still have an interest in racing and cars to go to this race and that we shouldn't lean on that. We, as a, as a sport, not just IndyCar, but just any NASCAR, you know, whoever, um, shouldn't lean on the fact that people don't have the same affinity for cars that they did 30 years ago or whatever. I'm, I would be willing to argue that a lot of the people that were in Austin weren't there to see the cars. They're there to see the famous people that live a glamorous lifestyle that they watch on the show. And I, I'm not trying to say the show has done everything. I don't think that's right or true or fair. But like, you know, I would go to the hotel at night and the lobby and the sidewalk outside the lobby was packed with fans waiting for the drivers that were staying that at that hotel to come in and to get a selfie. When you drove into the circuit, there's like the tunnel to go under, right? And there's a pedestrian bridge that walks across that you, you walk across that goes yeah. under the tunnel. People lined along the bridge all morning and all evening just to catch a glimpse of the drivers as they drove into the track. They couldn't talk okay. to them. They couldn't get pictures of them. So, so on. A, so I don't. I don't think that's new. That that's existed ever since I was around. 
Right. But I'm saying I think the growth that we've seen is more the people doing that, not the people that are like, man, I can't wait to sit trackside and watch this amazing car. Because, like, the fans don't get to see you the know, cars. It's not like IndyCar NASCAR. You can't fans, go in the, the garage. Fans, the, fans, the fans don't get to see the drivers either. Except in those moments. I mean, right. yes, it's very, it's very slight. No, but okay. Well, I mean, let's let's use round numbers here. Of the four hundred thousand people that purchased a ticket, how many, how many got people selfies? do you think yeah. are lining up? A thousand got selfies over the course of the weekend. right. But even even are trying thirty thousand, fifty thousand, sixty thousand. I mean, fifteen yeah. percent. Yeah. Maybe? No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so people are still spending an exorbitant amount of money it to might never be, see them. To never see anyone. It might be just because they want to. Yeah. We've talked about this again with Miami to be at the event. Right. It'll be very interesting next year. But like Drive to Survive existed in Austin last year. Austin had one of the biggest crowds. No, up until this year, it was the biggest turnout for an F1 race ever. So there has to be a repeat level of customer. There aren't 400,000 new people going to Austin. Oh, no, no, for sure. For sure. Right? No, no, no. No, I understand. But my point is like, so people are clearly enjoying a average race product. Yep. Call it above average. Above average race product, not excellent, with zero access, okay, exorbitant pricing, and honestly, a lot of BS that goes along with being in a city during an F1 weekend. It's f- it's hard to go to a restaurant. Traffic, reservations. Yeah, it's hard sure. to go to hotels. a bar. Hotels yeah. are ridiculous. Like, it's just annoying. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it's hard work, right? Um, so I guess that's where my argument is. It's like, well, yeah, but that would, I, would, I would buy that if Drive to Survive came out this year. Drive to Survive has been out for a while, and Formula One is still okay. trending. So here, so here is what you are saying in a nutshell and through the, told through the story of a completely different, different topic, right? At the end of the day, it, um, it, everything comes down to marketing, period, full stop, right? This is a great example. IndyCar's got a better on-track product, more access to fans, more affordable. No one, sorry, fewer people are excited about it and know about it right now in the States than they should and than they do in Formula One, right? Here's a, here's a great example of this. When I drove for GoDaddy, right? GoDaddy was a web domain hosting company. They didn't even, they don't even make any, like you come up with an idea and you make a website for it and then you pay me to let you put that website on the internet basically, right? Brilliant. When I drove for GoDaddy, they had something like a 54, 56% market share in the web domain hosting industry, right? In any competitive modern business, a more than 50% market share is insane. It is an insane level of market. Like that's, it's incredible. Yeah. That business was incredible. That company was incredible. And what was it like? What was the difference? I would say this. I would say to other people. I would say to friends, people I talk to. I would say, name another company that hosts web domains. None of them could do it because GoDaddy marketed the ever-loving out of their business and what they did. You could argue it was controversial marketing in some of it, some of the commercials they did back in the early days, whatever. Marketing works. There are products that are exact same or maybe better. I don't even know. Maybe they had the best product. Maybe they didn't. Doesn't matter. They're the only one that I knew. GoPro was another great example. When GoPro was blowing up, there was other action cams that from a technological standpoint were superior cameras, better quality, better battery life, easier to use, whatever. But GoPro wasn't a camera company. It was a marketing company. And they marketed the 
out of GoPros and then everybody wanted a GoPro. They made it cool to have a GoPro. And so like our product is great. I just don't think we're telling the story the right way. And that's the frustrating part because we, we the hard part we've done. We've created a better product with more access and it's more affordable. But it's not yes, getting no, out there. We, we have and we we fail. We do. I, and then that's just that's just the, the, the sad reality of it. Like we as drivers, as teams, as a series are not doing a good enough job for whatever reason. And I think, I mean, I, I, I commend Pato. I don't commend Pato because he's my soon to be teammate. Right. But I commend Pato for speaking up. It's similar to an interview that I had a year ago. And it's like, no, IndyCar isn't in any grave danger of disappearing. No, for but sure. IndyCar is under a lot of threat and a very serious relevant threat of losing a significant amount of an untapped motorsport fan base in the U.S. to Formula One. And if they haven't already lost it, I don't know. But the point is there are people out there that can be interested in motorsports. And those people may have never seen a race before. And I can guarantee you, just like the people who have never heard of another search engine site except for GoDaddy, if they're going to go to a motorsports race, it's going to be Formula One right now. And we need to accept that. And yeah, be aware the, 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 the and, new and, yes. and that's just that's the. I, sad, I don't. I don't see as losing fans to Formula One, but it's it's not gaining the people that are now coming into motorsports. They're like, oh yeah, racing is apparently a thing that I like, and they're going to default to that just because there's it's just out there in a way that we are not at the moment. Yeah, um, that's exactly what Alex. I think that's why you worded it the right way. It's it's you're losing the potential audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, this is a pencil. When was the last time you used a pencil? Oh my God, you're holding a pencil. pencil. Why do you own a pencil? I I have a a lot lot of pencils, but I have an eight-year-old. A lot of... Yeah, you don't count. um, I have to do a lot of writing on maps, and I don't want to buy new maps. Makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, like plain maps. Yeah, no, no, for all of his weird flavored sodas. Also... Plain stuff. So wait, so (laughs) did you recently... Because like... I just realized I'm holding a pencil and I haven't, I haven't written with a pencil in so long. You're holding a pencil. When did you buy, did you only start buying pencils again when you started flying or have you always had pencils in your house? hundred percent. Okay. All right. All right. And honestly, honestly, it was, I mean, I, I, it wasn't when I started flying. It was just like, man, I'm throwing a lot, throwing out a lot of right because it's pens that are crossed and I keep crossing it out. So I should just probably buy, you know, a device that writes that you can also erase. And I was like, Oh, lo and behold, pencil. Amazing. And these aren't maps you can like get on your like no, iPad or anything? No, 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 hundred percent. But like sometimes okay. you just like you, especially when you're studying for stuff, like you have right. to you have Maybe. to write it out. Yeah. Draw yeah. it out. Like okay. show your work, son. Yeah. Man, so like do grown ups just not use pencils and they only really used by kids in school, or is the pencil industry really taken a hit in the last like fifteen years? Um, I mean, my engineer Jeremy of the past six years was half and half. Like he had three pencils and three okay. pens at all times. Okay. I respect that. So I feel, I feel like people that are, I feel like Certain people that have real, no, I feel like people that have real jobs. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say it. People that have real jobs. Do you think like Bobby has pencils at his desk? I bet. I'm honestly surprised. I guess Tim used a red pen, right? Not pencil. 
I mean, I I have one of those tablets where I can edit PDFs now on it, and it like feels like paper. So I don't, you don't use have it a real anymore. job. Why I'm asking you? Yeah, um, that's why I didn't. That's like, clearly there's another person in this conversation, and I, did I not also stayed him quiet. For a I didn't try to <laughs> yeah, inject no. myself in this. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's why I'm, I'm thinking of our friends. Like even you know, Brian had. I mean, he's got a real job, but it's not like an office job. Bobby goes into work yeah, and no, has yeah. wears I mean, a suit. Bobby, and I bet I bet Bobby has pencils. Of all of our friends. I, I bet Chris Burton uses pencils. <sighs> yeah, that would make sense. Or, that would make sense. Or erasable markers. Which is what, for like like the specials board at the restaurant. I gotta, no, no, I think no, because like he's got the whiteboard in his like office. And yeah, like, but doesn't count. Staff doesn't rotations count. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but good old fashioned. What are they like? Point pencil. Point two. I mean, I mean my HP flight. My flight. Both of my flight instructors use pencils. Yeah, so yeah, so know. there's there's a pilot thing to it. There's a pilot thing to it. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once, starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Can we talk about one other thing from the F1 weekend? Sure. And this ties into a bigger issue with F1 or not, not, not a bigger issue at all, but something that's happened prior. Martin Brumble getting butt hurt when celebrities don't talk to him. Dude, right. he's such a. So <laughs> that was weird because. So, so F1 send out this document at the beginning of a weekend I've learned. And it ha- it lists out all the celebrities that are coming. It gives you like a short bio. It has a picture of them. So you know who it is. You know what they do. You know the story, whatever. And then I guess there's like another list or a, or a call or something where the, the, the greater media is told whether or not said celebrity is willing to be interviewed. And I was told that 
the media were told that Brad Pitt said he did not want to be interviewed. Now, he was there all three days. He was there all day, all three days, soaking it all in because he's working on a movie. He's not just there, like, hanging out to be rich and famous. He's actually working. Jerry Bruckheimer, his producer, was there with him. The director, Kaczynski, was there with with him. Some writers were there with him. They were working legitimately. And so I get that he didn't want to be... If he wanted, if he made that decision to not do interviews and stuff, he had a timetable. He had things he was doing. I get it. So the fact that unless there was some correspondence with Brundle that no one else knows about, he was. They were told. Like apparently the media were told. But either way, like just because you're like, I saw like all these things on Twitter that were people being like, well, if you're privileged enough to get to go on the grid, you should accept that you're opening yourself up to. You should have to be interviewed, whatever, whatever. And it's like, no, no. If you're there, yeah, you have to be asked. You like you have to. You're opening yourself up to being asked to be interviewed. But there's nowhere that well, says you have to do an interview. And he was not. He wasn't a dick about it either. He was just like, oh yeah, I can't really talk about it. You know, it's secret. You know, and he just kept walking. He was clearly on the way somewhere. Right. He didn't I, just be like, I how dare it. you approach me? Oh, that's it even was better. Like I didn't realize. I thought I thought he was kind of an ass about it because I haven't actually seen it. So if he actually answered him and just said, sorry, I can't talk about it and kept walking. Yeah. It's not even that bad. No, dude, <laughs> dude. But like, I mean, one of the things that I despise about F1 is 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 true for not only just the people involved in, in owning race teams. It's kind of just the people involved in Formula One. And this was before, like the 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 explosion of popularity that existed. There is some sort of 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 I don't even know what the right word is because I don't want to describe it too poorly. But it's pretentiousness and just yeah. you you are here aura. to Formula One race, so you must you, you don't you know where you are? Right. And it's like Shut how up. lucky are you? Right. Yeah. And 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 that comes from F1 just being with how restrictive they are to passes. And then if you like even if you get a paddock pass that does not mean you have grid access. Like there's just so yeah. many different tiers that qualify you. So it just kind of goes along with uh oh, well we allowed you out here so the least you can do is talk to us. It's like shut up, man. Like I'm sorry a, but yeah. but Brad Pitt is certainly still bigger than you. Yeah. So he can actually do whatever the hell. And he and he is there because he's working on a project that is going to massively increase the visibility of Formula Correct. One. Like he is helping the sport by being Correct. on the property. Doing a 30-second interview with a with a, a TV network is not going to do anything for anybody. Right. Like it's well, it's, and that and that's yeah, it's the pomposity or the, the yes. right. The, great, it's just great the, word. How dare you not talk to Martin Brumble? Do you know who he is? Brumble. But it's what's even funnier is that like so many fans what did are I on. Say? Did I say it wrong? You, you said, said Brumble. It's, it's Brundle. Brundle. Whatever. I, again, <laughs> could not give a. F- <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, fair. fair. But I, love, I forget what I was going to say. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the point is what it is. Um, yeah, that was interesting. It is. But yeah, dude, he was there all weekend, really taking it in, sitting down with meetings with teams. I'm excited to see what the the finished product is with this movie i'm a little concerned because the the like storyline like the base storyline is essentially the same as the movie driven and i don't know if our listeners have seen driven i genuinely hope not greatest i'm mean, third greatest yeah, movie ever besides the problem. it's my Top favorite Gun and Top Gun too. Yeah. well 
Top Gun. And yeah. Um, so no, it is none of those things. It is <laughs> one of the worst films ever made. I just I, well, I worry that the premise is like identical. That 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 I'm a little anyway. Um, do you know what's funny is Colton Herta, um, and we should probably give a shout out to him. Big shout uh, out to Colton. Based on the, based on the news, but um, oh, yeah, that, is le- that is legitimately <laughs> one of his favorite movies, and that just goes to show you how much of a child <laughs> he still is. <laughs> well, yeah, because to be wow. fair, he's he like, would have been he's like, like, "Yeah, it's awesome. It's race cars and like they're the going corner scene. It's great. Yeah." yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was eighteenth gear. Let's go. <laughs> it was probably filmed when he was like two, and yeah. so you know. To I honestly, him, I honestly, I honestly am surprised Connor doesn't like it more. Yeah, that's a good point. I do feel like if I was like six when I saw it for the first time, I would think it was a badass movie, and then I would have just held on to that belief for the rest of my life. So I, I'm going to give Colton a pass on that. We're also going to give Colton big props for his extension with Andretti Autosport, a five-year deal. For 100,000 years. For 100,000 years. Uh, he is with Gamebridge, who also extended their sponsorship. Uh, so huge, huge win for uh, the team, for Gamebridge, for Colton. Great job there. Right, um, I just looked oh, it up. Colton Colton was one year and one month old when right, Driven exactly. came out. Exactly. Okay. So he probably watched um, when he was five, and he was like, oh, my dad's a race car driver, too, and this is badass. Although also, Brian hates it. <laughs> like, of course he does. Brian, he was a grown-up when he adult. came out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, also, shout-out to Alex Pillow, who did the FP1 for McLaren at Austin this weekend. Huge, huge opportunity. So cool that he got to do it. He absolutely smashed it. So the end times don't tell the whole story. You know, I was I was paying very close attention to the timing and scoring screen when he was on track, you know, because he took Daniel Ricardo's car. So Lando was out there with him on the same tire at the same time of the day. He was three tenths off Lando. And Lando was doing like one lap runs and he was doing like three lap runs. So it's even an argument. He had more fuel. I don't know that for sure. He wouldn't exactly tell me what was happening, but I mean, he absolutely smashed it. First time in the car does not have a lot of laps around Coda. And, but James, yeah, like, yeah, because these people who are in formula one, aside from, I would literally say two of them, Lewis and Max, right are just race car drivers they're just humans. yes they're they're very good at what they do they had a lot of very unique they're people opportunities. people but they're not no. people 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 no it was like people people shut up jay they're <laughs> they, they had the opportunity they were in the ladder system they they did well when they needed to they are excellent at their craft just like Alex Polo, just like Alex Rossi, just like Connor, just like anybody just like that did it. Just like all of them. Yeah. Just like everyone, just like Ricky Taylor. Like you put any guy that's competitive in his championship in open wheel race cars in an F1 car and he's going to be fine. Like it's not, and there's nothing the, unique about it. What, what's so the, the thing I was giving Alex was the fact that it was no, 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 no. a brand new car I, to him. No, he did great. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything and, and I know, away from him. I, I know you're not saying that. It's just the the perception that people are. Like, oh right. my God, he was only three tenths off. It's like, f- you. Of course, he was only three tenths off. Yeah, you're that's lucky he totally didn't fair. whoop his ass. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What are we talking about here? These people aren't aliens from uh, from 
Saturn that are able to only drive cars when the rest of us are f-ing wankers from Illinois that can only drive our redneck mobiles. Like, go f- yourself, man. Yeah, 100%. I completely 100% agree with that. Um, and there it is. And there Alex lives up to the name of his feed for today. We have Tim Durham, Mexi Hinch, and f- off. <laughs> <laughs> i love that we still oh, choose funny. like you guys still choose names even though we don't nobody sees them but mine but, uh, says hinge if i'm at home and then it says some version of where i'm at and that's hinge true yeah every like time it I'm was away. uh it was costa hinge or hincherica when i was <laughs> anyway um so that is a very valid point and the other thing that all of these guys have said that we know that have recently driven the cars and you said it. And this is going to sound like this is going to draw the ire of some people, but like the cars are very easy to drive in the sense that they have just so much grip. They do everything that you ask them to do to get around within a reasonable amount of time is dead easy for someone that's a professional. Like Jacques Villeneuve recently drove a modern formula one car. At Monza. And Alex, you know, Monza's not an easy track. Uh, probably the easiest. It's one of the easier tracks. Yeah. Not the point. The point is, he drove a modern F1 car. This is the 1997 world champion. I think he retired from F1 in like 06-ish, something like that. And he's been driving some stock car stuff recently. N- nothing open wheel. Like he did the Indy 500 a couple years ago, but nothing gets in the car. He was only eight tenths off of Esteban Ocon in nine laps. Right. So like, like he's like, he's like, yeah, it's, the cars are, they're stupid. They're so easy to drive. They're very fast. They're very impressive. They're very complicated. Now, again, now, that last 5%, the, the last two or three tenths, like anything is the hardest. Is and that is very, what very hard. Max, Max and Lewis, Lewis, a thousand well, and percent. Then, and then and the people, ability, people. the ability to do it at will when they have to, like most of the time, like that is another whole subset of skills, right? And being able to, um, to take care of the car over a, over a race. Cause it's very different in qualifying than it is in the race with no, the fuel, and no. the tires, and, but I've heard the tires are like, they don't like the 200 kilograms of fuel at the start of the race. Yeah. But then you just pit. like, it's not like your pit stops are two and a half seconds. It's fine. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 Again, if we did a better job showing our sport, then people wouldn't be so surprised when an IndyCar driver gets in and is pretty competitive in an F1 car. Ultimately, that's maybe the theme of this episode. That's what it boils down to. Because we've seen it the other way, too. We've seen guys from F1 come over and be instantly good in an IndyCar because if you're good, you're good. I can't think of any. (laughs) I can't think of anybody in the last six or seven years. And you look at, I mean, another... Perfect example of that's Kevin Magnuson, right? Dropped from F1, dropped from Haas, gets a deal to go drive a DPI car in IMSA, right? Like an awesome race car and an awesome championship, but a severely different perceived level. I can tell you one thing. Like people right. don't think IndyCar is that hard. They certainly don't think IMSA is that hard, right? And was like, holy shit, these guys like Renger, like Ricky, like Tristan Vautier, Felipe like Nazar, like these guys are pretty really good good they're they're pretty fast like i'm gonna have to work hard for it and he was competitive and he won races of course he did but he got a last minute phone call when the whole 
things started happening with Haas and and um, what's his face's Mazepin sponsor and everything got put back in the seat instantly on it. Now the benchmark for Haas, like it's yeah, first race back in the points kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's I think that's an important thing for people to understand is that. The people in F1, they're in F1 because they're good, but the people in IndyCar are in IndyCar because they're good. And the people in IMSA are in IMSA because they're good. And the people in NASCAR are in NASCAR because they're good. And pro racing drivers are pro racing drivers. It's all just the, the level of competition is always going to be fierce because as long as there's someone that's willing to pay you to do it, there's someone good enough to take that seat and do a good job of it. It's just varying levels of that. <sighs> well said, James. So and with that, guys, go f- off for another week. And I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> it was like people, people. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.